It's Monday. It's August 1st. And the word of the day is lick spigot, which means a friend or acquaintance who always drops by right when you open up a bottle to start drinking. Used in a sentence, everyone I know is technically a lick spigot, but it's not really fair to give them a negative label. It's just basic. Probability thing. Yeah, no, we can't, we can't help it. it. It's like it's like the way that you guys always have to tell new people that it's it's not that you piss off Noah, it's that breathing air does. Yeah, <laughs> I did not expect that interjection not to involve marijuana. So I'm going to need a couple of seconds to regroup here. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm No Illusions. I'm Andrew Torres. I'm Heath Enright, and broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center. We are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, I'll undo both of my stories from the last Skeptocrat. <laughs> I'll tell you that the guy, you know, some of you only reluctantly voted for after Marianne Williamson dropped out of the race is funding <laughs> international atheism, mm-hmm. and it will be 100% true. And we learn about the greatest bird versus drunk guy fight scene since Peter Griffin and Ernie the Giant Chicken. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are my fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Andrew Torres. Gentlemen, you got any happy thoughts before we get into the news? Maybe start us off? You're asking happy me thought? for happy thoughts. Reject the premise. <laughs> okay. I reject yeah, the sorry. premise. <laughs> Stupid. I, 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 I legitimately have two positive news stories. I mean, you know, I have them from sources that, uh, you know, ought to have a scared shitless, but they're positive for us. Right. And and okay. uh, obvious spoiler, I am not here to report on the Supreme Court this week. No. Got it. No. OK, I'm going to add one. Corgi's running. A Corgi oh. trying to run really fast. Come on. Right, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Stupid baby legs. They my, my, my Corgi has achieved full sausage hood right now. Like it is. <laughs> they're, they're just legs that stick out from random parts of this tube shaped body. It's delightful. OK, there you go. A little happy thing. And I'm going to ruin it. In our lead story tonight, criminals did crimes and they need to go to jail, but mm. they probably won't. I don't know. We'll find out. But all of a sudden, despite all that, you know, criminals needing to go to jail stuff. All the Republicans who are supposed to be tough on crime shut the fuck up about it and just started very quietly backing out of the room. And then the ringleader of the crime syndicate made it outside and announced he's running for president again. That might actually be good news in our insane reality because Donald Trump is stupid and evil instead of smart and evil. And he's already helping fracture the Republican Party. But we learned last week that part of his plan is to avoid criminal prosecution by getting back into the White House where they can't prosecute you. I'm, I, I would be surprised if his plan to avoid prosecution doesn't also involve a trap door and a secret jet pack under his coat, but yeah. <laughs> so, according to an inside source who spoke with Rolling Stone, Trump explained that when you're president of the United States, it's tough for politically motivated prosecutors to get to you. Oh, it, it, uh, hold on, Noah. Can we stop the recording for a second? I, I'm I'm hearing some noise in the back. Oh, sorry, that's just Jim Comey coughing audibly. Uh, never mind. <laughs> go, go, go back. Go back to what you were saying, Heath. <laughs> yeah. So Trump also added after that, when I'm president again, again he's sure of it. Mm-hmm. When I'm president again a new Republican administration will put a stop to the Justice Department investigation. And sadly, that sounds kind of accurate, assuming he could actually win. But he's also under investigation in Georgia and New York for several other of his many crimes. So, Andrew, I know it's a lot of speculation at this point, but if you had to guess, 
Will Donald Trump be convicted of any crimes that he already committed? Okay, so first, there are conflicting reports with respect to the criminal investigation of Donald Trump in New York, right? So when Alvin Bragg replaced Cyrus Vance as Manhattan DA on January 1, it was widely believed that he put an end to it, although there have been conflicting reports since then. Uh, New York Attorney General Tish James, her investigation is wide-ranging and ongoing, but that's a civil investigation over how Trump uh, falsely inflated his real estate uh, for valuation purposes and then, uh, you know, committed tax fraud with it. And and because of the nature of that investigation, he can be fined. Uh, but, but, you know, even if it's a lot of money, it's probably not as much money as he was able to, you know, grift by being president. Mm. So whatever I, I would I would celebrate a fine, whatever I, it is. He has I to write agree. a check. I want to see him in an orange jumpsuit. And, and yeah. I think the best place for that is Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis in uh, in Georgia who has impaneled a grand jury they've heard testimony from close Trump confidants and and the election law right the underlying criminal offense it's 21-2-562 it makes it a crime to conspire to insert any false figure or other fraudulent entry in any document in connection with any primary or election. And we have an audio tape of him doing that, right? Yeah. So oh, the, yeah. almost saying those words. Yeah. Like really yeah. I, I, I would like to offer goods and services in exchange for sexual. Like, yeah. yeah it, it is. It is as stark an admission as I've, I've ever heard. I would so. like to violate section 21 dash two dash five. And to be clear, right. That is Trump says, Look, I won by a million votes and I'm just asking you to find 11,708. Like that is the yes. definition and of violence. And then you could insert that false right. figure yeah. or other fraudulent entry into, I don't know, a document. <laughs> Some kind of document. Brad, that would be great. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying Fulton County, that's the best shot. If a conviction does happen in one of those places, which crime specifically do you think is his downfall it's that one maybe and and more generally is it merrick garland or alvin bragg or fonnie willis or Letitia james who gets to put it wherever they want with heath or is it someone else or a fun little team scenario what's going to happen all right so i think the atlanta case really is a slam dunk um okay. let's let's talk about a heath three-way that includes merrick garland who you know not at the top of a lot of democrats lists right now and i i, I understand that right like to it, fuck or just as uh, to fuck or as <laughs> both, attorney both. general right yeah. both okay yeah. fair enough I, and, and in fairness right if i had been elected president my attorney general General, I, you know, would have been Morgan Stringer, right? It would have been somebody like 28 <laughs> years old, works 20 hours a day, absolutely fucking hates Trump and would not sleep until he was in prison. I, you know, we didn't get a choice on that, right? Um, instead, we got Merrick Garland. We knew what he was going to be, right? Slow, methodical. Um, I think once the January 6th committee wraps up their work, that uh, at the minimum, you're going to see Garland indict Trump for violating 18 U.S.C. 371. That's a conspiracy to defraud the United States. And 18 U.S.C. 1512C, that is what a bunch of the January 6th uh, rioters have been charged with, right? Which carries a 20-year maximum sentence for anyone oh, who, quote, on. corruptly obstructs, 
influences or impedes any official proceeding or attempts to do so, which is the definition, again, of what he did, right? Tried to block an official proceeding to wit the opening and, and certification of the electoral votes. So Literally I, that I, crime, I, yes. I, I, you know, not it's 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 slightly less than the slam dunk, but it's still, you know, a finger roll near the rim. So <laughs> I, I, I know it's a lot of optimism, uh, but, uh, you know, damn it. Uh, you know, Liz Cheney has made me a believer in the rule of law again. <laughs> OK, uh, so but, but follow up. Uh, Trump has exposed a very obvious they can't punish me for the crimes if I crime harder next time flaw in our system. So I, like irrespective of Trump, are we doing anything about that? Good question. Great question. I mean, the one six committee has said they're going to recommend legislation, but look, I've said this before. I'll I'll say it again. I think the moment that we collapsed as a nation was day one of the Trump presidency. When Trump asked Don McGahn, white house counsel, Hey, uh, I want to hire Jared Kushner to come work in the white house. Is that legal? (laughs) And McGahn replied, Oh, not even a little bit, right? Like it it was our party, right? Like we got together and passed the anti nepotism act because we hated Bobby Kennedy so much. Remember? And then, and then Trump asked a question of, of white house counsel. that I think no one had asked a white house counsel in, you know 50 years which was right okay but what if i do it anyway right and and you know and mcgann said well you know they could impeach you or whatever you know trump was like "Eh, then i'm gonna impeach me and and the entire presidency was based not on what is the law but what can you get away with and um you can get away with a lot apparently so yeah here we are so no all right well you know what it it all gets worse from there. Yeah. Oh, good. In a related story, we learned that the Department of Homeland Security, which includes the Secret Service, was asked to hand over the text message data that might contain information that's relevant to the J6 investigation. And apparently that was difficult for them because the Secret Service got new phones for the whole team right after the Capitol riot. Hmm. And all the data on the old phones got accidentally erased. According to the DHS, this is their own story. Their job, by the way, includes fighting against cyber terrorism. Keep that in mind. They're supposed to be good at that kind of thing. They told the Secret Service agents to just handle backing up their data on their own. Huh. Like like to a private email server or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does that sound like a very obvious lie? Yes, the fuck it does. And according to Paul Rosenzweig a senior policy official at the DHS during the George W. administration, quote, it's like we have a 9-11 attack and air traffic control wipes their records the next day. And Rosenzweig is currently a cybersecurity consultant in Washington. And when he heard about this, he polled 11 of his colleagues about it, including information security chiefs at other federal agencies. And all of them said something very close to, that's fucking insane. So at best... If it's not just a very obvious lie, at best, this is an impossible level of gross incompetence. That that last thing I said, that's what we're rooting for. Yeah, that's best case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and Rosenzweig, no doubt, added, you remember when our administration lost 22 million White House emails with an excuse so flimsy our press secretary couldn't even deliver it with a straight face. She had to hide behind a, a glass of water the whole time. It's like that. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Yeah, well, you know what? It gets even worse from getting worse, too. Oh, Jesus. Got a little more for you. We also learned this week that Inspector General Joseph Kafari, 
who's in charge of overseeing the DHS, didn't really feel like this whole thing was very important. Or he's a liar who got appointed by Trump and somehow got to keep his job under Biden despite being terrible at his job. When Kufari's staff learned about the deleted phones earlier this year, they reached out to the entire DHS and offered to provide data recovery experts for anyone who deleted data that's required by law to be saved, which it very much is. But a couple weeks later, Kufari decided to cancel that. His new instruction was for anyone who's missing data for, let's just say, I don't know, January 5th and 6th of 2021. If you're missing that data, you just have to write us a note explaining what information is missing. Jesus. Instead of collecting the old phones and recovering the data, he let all these people just write him letters that said, sorry, yeah, instead of pressing the save to external device button, I, um, I accidentally pressed a very long series of buttons that erased everything forever on my phone. What the fuck? Have you ever tried to delete a phone? It's so many strokes. Mm -hmm. You couldn't possibly do that by accident. And Kufari knew about this for the last eight months. And then when he got caught just kind of faking his job, he then pretended to really do his job last week by sending a letter to Congress about the new investigation that he just opened into this very pressing matter. Yeah, no, dear Congress, now that I've had eight months to fully process my disappointment and outrage. <laughs> yeah, right. So just to recap, we have a guy whose entire job is making sure there's no corruption in the Department of Homeland Security. Instead of actually investigating stuff, he did the like pretending to reach for the check at dinner thing. <laughs> but then everyone else at the table was like, no, go ahead. You were actually supposed to pay last time and you didn't. You should pay now. And then Kufari was like, dinner's on me. You know what? It's on me. Eight months later. And <laughs> the check in this metaphor is evidence of literal treason by the sitting president at the time. And the check got deleted somehow, and it's been deleted for a while now. And the treasonous ex-president is planning to run for president again. That's where we are. <sighs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Hi, I'm Heath Enright. And like many people of a certain age, I spent a bunch of my life believing that mental health wasn't really something you need to think about. But that is ridiculous. The brain is part of the body, arguably the most important part. So of course, you should have professional help for your brain when there might be something wrong. And if you're looking for a licensed professional therapist, one of the best ways to find a great match is with BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's affordable, plus financial aid is available, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Plus, they have a wide variety of expertise available, so if you need someone LGBTQ-friendly or secular, they can help you find that. And if the therapist you're matched with isn't a good fit, you can always switch for free. If you're interested, listeners of these words right now get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com Skeptocrat. That's BetterHelp.com Skeptocrat. Take care of that brain meat. It is real. And we're back. Next up in headlines in Joe Biden literally funded atheism for some of you people. What more does he have to do to get you to vote blue news? 
House Republicans are demanding answers about President Biden's spooky secret plan to, quote, promote atheism and humanism worldwide. <laughs> OK, well, that is just another way of saying invested in science, though. Uh, you'd think, but it turns <laughs> out Biden's secret plan to fund atheism is, and I know this is a Fox News story, a public plan to fund atheism. Oh, really? It is DRL FY20 IRF grant number SFOP 0007977. And it really is almost what the Fox News dipshits complaining about it say that it is, right? So the project Fantastic. encourages organizations, yeah, to compete for a one time $500,000 grant to submit proposals to the State Department's Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor. Yeah, no, that's uh, Eli's off this week because he's working on ours. Yeah, I hope it's a musical. (laughs) (laughs) Also, side note, I just want to say democracy, human rights, and labor is a weird combo. Yeah, circle the one that doesn't belong. Like (laughs) ATF. I, it's the State Department's, you know, been after uh, two separate Republican administrations uh, in the past two decades. Uh, they've just kind of made a Department of Lefty stuff over its state that gets, you know. Oh, undefined. got it. Like yeah. human rights. Sure. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> woke <laughs> right. bullshit like that. So that $500,000 grant must be used to promote global religious freedom consistent with the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, which includes the freedom to adopt a religion or beliefs change those beliefs, practice and teach your beliefs, gather in community with others to worship and observe your beliefs and teach your beliefs to your children. So, you know, all stuff that Republicans should like, right? Well, I, I mean, they should like the sustained viability of Earth's climate, but I get your meaning. It's so stuff that they say. <laughs> I did, they like. Fair, fair. <laughs> but, but look, also because this is actual religious freedom and not the new speak that you are being gaslit into thinking means religious freedom, uh, Article 18 also states that no one shall be subject to coercion that would impair one's freedom to have or adopt a religion or belief of his or her choice. As the State Department correctly observes, quote, by By not adhering to a predominant religious tradition, many individuals face discrimination in employment, housing, in civil and criminal proceedings, and other areas, especially in the context of intersectional identities. DRL's objective is to combat discrimination, harassment, and abuses against atheist, humanist, non-practicing, and non-affiliated individuals of all religious communities by strengthening networks among those communities and providing organizational training and resources. Yeah, I, I get it, though. Combating discrimination, harassment, and abuse just in general is pretty anti-Christian at this point. Yeah, yeah I, I like that Republicans just now realize that religious freedom overlaps with critical race theory, and they're very <laughs> <convinced about it. laughs> and, and look, that's where this SFOP 0007977 comes in, right? So the grant recipient is supposed to design a program that will take place in Two to three overseas countries, put a put a pin in that, in either South or Central Asia or the Middle East, Northern Africa. I mean, excluding places that will get you killed, right? Like Libya, Syria, Yemen. Right? Mm. The, the recipient uh, is expected in order to, to win the grant money to demonstrate how their program will increase the availability of mechanisms for members of minorities and marginalized groups 
particularly atheists and non-believers, to advocate with community leaders and local and regional government officials regarding their religious freedom concerns and increase the capacity among members of atheists and heterodox individuals to form or join networks or organizations, implement advocacy campaigns, and to engage with the public on issues of tolerance and acceptance of all, regardless of faith. Now, I kind of would like to implement that program in about 30 or so U.S. states, but. (laughs) But but holy shit. So the proposal is literally, we'd like to see fewer atheists die from being atheists. And the Republican response is, well, hold on one goddamn minute now. Hold on. That sounds like critical race theory. Is that that a bug or a feature? Which is the good one for us? (laughs) Is it good for whites? Yeah, and and, and and one more thing, uh, as you are formulating the response, because Republican congressmen are idiots and they never do any actual work, this program was announced in April of 2021. The grant was awarded to Australia's Deakin University, which is an, an online learning portal. That's D-E-A-K-I-N, not the religious thing, right? In July of 2021, and has now expired, right? That, that The giveaway is the <laughs> FY20 that I read in the title, you know? That was fiscal year 2020 yeah yeah which is when the grant was approved it was not renewed oh god so so now their views are behind the times squared that's impressive (laughs) yes we thought it was 20 for the entire century i thought we had more time (laughs) (laughs) but you know fox news just heard about it which you know that means the republican study committee chairman jim banks of Indiana just learned about it. And he sent a sternly worded crunch rep to president Biden and secretary of state, Anthony Blinken. Um, I, I have to read this to you, but I, I will warn you if you have an irony detector that is active, you you might want to shut that thing off right about now. Atheism is an official belief system protected under the first amendment's right to religious freedom. It is one thing for the State Department to be tolerant and respectful of a wide range of belief systems and to encourage government to respect the religious freedom interests of their citizens. It is quite another for the United States government to work actively to empower atheist humanists, non-practicing and the non-affiliated, any such program for any religiously identifiable group would be unconstitutional. Would it now? Would it? How come you standing in the way of my sincerely held hate crimes? Hold on. <laughs> All right, hold on. The founding fathers said, wait, wait they fucked us on this one. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there you have it. In, in 2020, some of you reluctantly voted for the guy who did a thing that, that helped atheists around the world. Now, marginally, to be fair. But um, right now. There's some of you sitting there listening to this show going, yeah, well, you know, but Biden didn't dismantle late stage capitalism. So I'll be (laughs) sitting the midterm elections out. And meanwhile, I can promise you that this story, which Fox News does not point out, uh, ended in 2021, uh, has (laughs) signed up thousands of people who will vote in the midterm elections uh, for absolute goddamn monsters in order to make sure we stop, you know, Biden's trillion dollar plan to put atheists on, you know, the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. And in Collier's Mansion news, that's actually oh, nice. really good wordplay. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> in a follow-up to one of the stories I covered on the last episode, we learned last week that Joe Manchin sucks ever so less than that, apparently. 
because it turns out that less than two weeks after he and Chuck Schumer's talks broke down with all the alacrity of a marriage ending on Twitter, the deal is back on and the <laughs> Biden administration may actually get meaningful legislation through not one but two houses of Congress. Ooh. And while we'll circle back around to the May part of that sentence in a minute, let's take a moment to first recognize that the proposed bill includes, among other things, the largest federal investment in clean energy in the nation's history. And stepping a bit closer to that is worthy of celebration, I think. Absolutely. Okay, and also, quick reminder about some context here that often gets overlooked for some reason. I'm not sure why, but it does. Yes, Joe Manchin sucks as a human (laughs) being. Horrible. But if we had a West Virginia full-fledged Republican instead of Manchin, a conservative Democrat, this bill is already dead. It doesn't happen. There was no negotiating at all. No, right. We don't even start it. And a Republican is almost guaranteed in a statewide election in West Virginia. Manchin is the best deal we're ever going to get from that state. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's just a quirk of the current numbers in the Senate that makes him relevant. If we go plus two on flipping seats in November, he stops mattering. Even if the winning Democrats aren't the progressives that I would like, that's a huge win in November if we could do that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not far-fetched. Look, like, thanks to the same hubris that led uh, the Tea Party Republicans to nominate Christine I'm not a witch O'Donnell in 2010, (laughs) right? Like, Republicans have taken their two best pickup opportunities and nominated Dead on arrival losers, right? That's yes. Herschel Walker in Georgia yep. and good old Mehmet Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, who's 11 points behind John Fetterman. And, wow. And, uh, like, Fantastic. I just love watching him implode. And, and uh, uh, Fetterman is great. We could do a whole show just on him. But uh, uh, so, yeah, that that is essentially locking up the hard races. Mark Kelly has still got to to, to win his race uh, out, out in Colorado, but he's raised a ton of money. Uh, that means that. In a year in which Biden's popularity is in the 30s, Democrats get to play offense, trying to pick up seats in North Carolina. They've got a great race, Wisconsin, Florida, and of course, Eli's favorite, Tim Ryan in Ohio. (laughs) So we could very well go plus two in the Senate. That's a different story in the House, which tends to track Biden's overall popularity, which, again, is in the aforementioned 30s. Um, That rounds up to dismal. Yeah, but let's not talk about that right now. God damn it. So the deal, which they're calling the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, is considerably smaller than the Build Back Better deal the Biden administration was hoping for, which was considerably smaller than the deal the left wing of his party was hoping for. But there's still a lot to like in this thing. Obviously, the big ticket item is the $370 billion in new clean energy and climate spending, which they're going to be paying for, at least in part, with a new 15% corporate minimum tax. So (laughs) basically, one of Manchin's previous non-starters is going to pay for another one of his (laughs) non-starters, which is great. Right. Because he's a lying asshole who learned to negotiate from Eric Cartman, and he just keeps <laughs> saying, non-starter, non-starter, you're breaking my balls. My balls, you're breaking them. I guess Schumer finally learned to just keep saying that back until Manchin took a few concessions and caved on it. So, good Apparently. work. But in addition to the climate stuff, it's also got $300 billion in deficit reduction, because deficits are something the country suddenly cares all about when Democrats are in control. Uh, there's also a three-year extension on Affordable Care Act subsidies, prescription drug reform, and pretty significant tax changes that push the burden back up where it belongs by a smidge. Of course, 
they had to get Joe Manchin to agree to it somehow, so it's also got some volcano layer stuff in it, too, <laughs> like requirements the government auction off more public lands for oil drilling and loopholes that would allow some coal and gas burning power plants to skirt emissions regulations for a little bit longer, uh, and the big controversial extension of tax breaks for the fossil fuel industry. We need to frack more lava or else I'm not doing the deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. But on balance, though, the bill could be a huge victory for Democrats right as the midterm fight is ramping up. Uh, according to an analysis cited by the New York Times, new emissions cuts from the legislation would be an order of magnitude higher than new emissions created through the concessions to Manchin, read the fossil fuel industry. And Hawaii Senator Brian Schatz, one of the Senate's staunchest environmental advocates, summed the bill up as, quote, the most significant move in the right direction that the United States has ever taken, end quote. I I'm sure he means on the environment. And, and and that's partially due to the incredibly low bar that he's setting there, but but that is <laughs> that is also fair. Right. I mean, a bill that requires the Kardashian family to take Ubers instead of private jets when they travel from Los Angeles to Los Angeles would have cleared that <laughs> bar, too. But still good news, I guess. Of course, nothing good can ever all the way happen. So in the wake of Manchin and Schumer's joint announcement, we were immediately reminded that Kirsten Cinema also sucks ass and possibly even more ass than Manchin. Oh, de- definitely more ass. I mean, primary Kirsten Cinema. Like, why, yeah. why is this not happening? Yeah. Anyway, right. Sorry. And as of this recording, she's yet to fully endorse the bill. And I should point out that there's nothing in particular in the bill that she's ever really expressed opposition to exactly. I mean, some tax stuff here and there, but it's it, it's really she's just so fucking awful that we're all kind of holding our breath on the possibility that she'll just torpedo it because we can go fuck ourselves. Right. Like that would absolutely be in keeping with what we have seen out of the Arizona Democrat before. OK, plus two in November. Plus two. She doesn't matter either. One of those two was just for her. I put that in there just for her. Good move. Uh, Bottom line, my fingers are crossed because this genuinely looks like a good bill from what we've seen so far. And when you consider that it's just barely hyperbolic to say that the fate of American democracy is riding on the midterms this year, a big victory for congressional Democrats is worth a lot more than just the shit in the bill itself. Yeah, absolutely. And with that brief reminder of how close we are to the precipice, I suppose you're all the way primed for a word from our other sponsor this week, Policy Genius. And purchase. Done. Got it. Hey, Heath. What you doing there? Oh, I'm just stocking up on some MNFTs. Uh, Do you mean NFTs? No, no, no. These are meta NFTs. I am now the proud owner of... Of the concept of buying a JPEG of a monkey. Several of them, actually. Why? Oh, these are going to be worth a fortune once I mint all my DM NFTs. Is that that double meta? Double meta, exactly, yeah. I want to provide for my loved ones if I die. Who would... You you know, it doesn't matter. Why don't you just try Policy Genius, all one word with a lowercase g? Oh, what's Policy Genius, all one word with a lowercase g? Policy Genius is an insurance marketplace that makes it easy to compare quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in one place to find your lowest price on life insurance. Sounds good, but I'm pretty flush with the concepts of buying the concepts of buying monkey picks. And also, I'm very youthful. I longboard. I'm a very youthful person. Do I really need life insurance right now? 
Well, life insurance typically gets more expensive as you age, so it's smart to get a policy sooner rather than later, and you can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Options start at just $17 a month for $500,000 of coverage. Just click the links in the description or head to policygenius.com to get personalized quotes in minutes and find the right policy for your needs. The licensed agents at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies. They're on hand throughout the entire process to help you understand your options and so that you can make your decisions with confidence. All right. You know what? I'm in. So where should I go? Just go to policygenius.com to get your free insurance quotes and see how much you could save. Great. Will do. Uh, Also, question. Any chance you're looking to make a passive stream of rental income in the metaverse? Nope. No chance. Might be able to cut you in on a share of the property I got. Please stop. I could turn this JPEG into a corkscrew. I'm stealing your golf clubs. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. And we're back. Next up in headlines, in hit and roadrun news, <laughs> we have one of my favorite stories of all time. Right next to Four Seasons Total Landscaping, and of course, Ben Shapiro's wife telling him a wet vagina is a disease and him believing it, we have a drunk driver crashing into a building, then trying to flee the scene of the crime, but getting caught by two good Samaritans, a local chef, and... An emu. <laughs> so I, I'm not saying this isn't a great story, but when I first saw the headline, I thought that a drunk driver ran over the Liberty Mutual mascots. Uh, and pretty much any <laughs> news item is disappointing when you go in with expectations that high. Still, this is yeah, still good. Fair. Yeah. It's going to be good, though. Yeah. So this delightful story comes out of Wiltshire, England, where an extremely drunk man lost control of his truck, nearly hit some pedestrians and then smashed into the side of an empty shop. And a few buildings down the road, one of our heroes, 42-year-old chef Dean Wade, was working in the kitchen of a hotel and heard the noise of the crash, so he came out to investigate. And he saw the visibly wasted driver get out, stagger around, and then start walking away. At which point Wade said, absolutely not, there's no way you're going anywhere. That's when the driver tried to start running away, but he was way too drunk and the running went very badly. So... Mr. Wade decided it would be super easy and, you know, probably entertaining to follow the criminal. <laughs> and he was absolutely right. Wade spent the next 20 minutes or so slowly walking behind a stumbly idiot trying to run away badly, watching the guy awkwardly climb through bushes and stab himself with branches and thorns <laughs> and yelling, stop chasing me. Stop. Why are you so much faster? To which Wade responded, no, I'm going to keep following you. And he just very easily kept following behind. Okay, but like, I mean, this is England, so maybe they won't get he won't get arrested for it. But they're both leaving the scene of an accident now. In America, they'd both be equally guilty. <laughs> okay, so this is already great. If Dean Wade just followed the guy weeping with laughter until the cops showed up, great work. But it gets so much better. Once, once in a while, just, it, it's not often, but once in a while, the universe provides for us and this is one of those moments after 20 minutes of really bad fleeing they end up next to an animal sanctuary with a very large emu (laughs) surrounded by her young inside a pen no that's when wade said to the drunk guy mate don't go in there there." (laughs) But, but the drunk driver completely ignored that very charitable advice and he said I can fight emus. <laughs> I kept going. I mean, 
technically that statement is correct insofar as it does not make any predictions about the outcome. Of <laughs> it's no fair. Right, right. And as you might expect, the mother emu immediately started attacking the drunk idiot to protect yeah, right. her young. <laughs> According to Wade, the bird was biting and stabbing the drunk guy all over his body, causing the guy to scream obscenities, and then try for a, quote, kung fu kick. <laughs> the kung fu kick did not land, and the guy got beat up by a bird some more until he finally gave up and ran away. But Wade was able to flag a nearby police car, and the cops eventually found the drunk driver and made the arrest. So, good stuff in the end. Okay, okay. The inclusion of kung fu before kick is probably the greatest <laughs> modifier in the history of journalism. Okay? I, I mean, we're, we're all in agreement that what he was doing was the crane kick from Karate Kid, right? Like, <laughs> well, oh, I should have swept the leg. Uh, I should have no, swept no, the leg. do right, dumb. no can defense. So, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> moment first learn stand then learn fly the emu can't fly yeah so <laughs> if if you ever need a reason to smile just take a second to imagine this drunk idiot hit and run driver getting mauled by a really big bird yelling karate in, in a british accent though trying to do a spinning roundhouse kung fu kick <laughs> falling on his face. I, I, I am, and I kind of feel like maybe it was a mistake having me on as guest this week and not Michael Marshall. But. The skits would be great for this, yeah. <laughs> and on top of all that delightful stuff, there's an extra little happy ending moment. Dean Wade got some good PR for the hotel restaurant where he's a chef. Uh, no animals were harmed in the end. So uh, other good. than the drunk guy, yeah. Other than the guy who deserved it, yes. And when the BBC wanted to interview someone at the animal sanctuary, they declined. Presumably, I like to think this is why, it's because the heroic bird, you know, he just did it for the love of the game. Like, <laughs> moving on to the he next challenge. He wasn't even keeping score, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this whole thing fired up a good relationship between the hotel and the animal sanctuary. So they teamed up to have the restaurant deliver vegetable peelings to the animals as a way of reducing food waste so that's officially an all positive news story in 2022 we found it and it only took us until august well done us (laughs) and in hey turns out all we had to do was fire david silverman news it it turns (laughs) out that women at least those aged 18 to 25 are indeed smarter than men. I mean, well, they're at least one question smarter. And that, of course, is the question, do you believe in God? Okay, I feel like Lucinda deserves at least some credit for this step. Uh, uh, duly noted. You see, since time immemorial, there has been a pronounced gender gap among the non-religious. You can chalk that up to religion's efforts to link being religious with being a good parent and traditional gender roles or something. Or, you know, you could certainly spread some blame around to the sausage party that was new atheism for the first decade or so. I don't know the sure. cause, right? And I don't care. The fact was that women in the United States were about 5% less likely to identify as atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular, right? That is the nuns, when compared to men of their same age, right? And once they were inside a church, 
women were statistically more likely to be engaged than their male counterparts, right? So a 2016 Pew Research poll, that's the last one I I could find on the topic, found that worldwide Christian women are 7% more likely than men to attend religious services. And there are no countries in which men are more likely to be religiously affiliated than women. And, And stop and think about that one for a second. Yeah, right. No, that's interesting. Now, but look, not to give religion too much credit, but I think at least some of this is just a demonstration of how much bullshit women will put up with and pretend to believe if it gives them a ready excuse to not fuck you. All right. <laughs> right. Hurt, hurtful, but but fair. Well, not you. I mean. No, yeah. Oh, OK. OK. Fair, fair. Yeah, honey. No, I'd, I'd love to ballast your two minute sweaty convulsion right now. But I, I, I got to go read about how my gender invented evil in the beginning. of the <laughs> So yeah, maybe we do that later. Yeah. Uh, but look, I already told you the good news. That trend is reversing. So according to the most recent survey data, as reported by Christianity Today, uh, we still see that same five percent gender gap among nuns who are in their 50s, 60s and 70s. Right. Uh, But once you're at a boomer town, that gap closes quickly. So among those born in 1980, it's just a 2% gap and it disappears in 1990. And shout out to Gen Z for those who were born in 2000 or later, women are statistically more likely to be nuns than men. That's right. Among 18 to 25 year olds, 49% of women identify as nuns compared to just 46% of men. That's that's fucking awesome. And as exciting as that split is, let's not forget to be excited by the overall number as well. Yeah. Holy shit, guys. That's (laughs) almost most. Although it's really hard not to root for COVID when you hear numbers like that, you know, it feels like COVID is house cleaning that hoarder basement to make room for new stuff in a very good way. I feel bad, but I don't. I, if you could lop off the right hand of the bell curve, yeah, we'd. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would sweep up, you know, Noah and I, but uh, <laughs> we'd probably be better off. And if you're wondering, take one for the team. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> This trend is also reflected in church attendance, right, and other outward indicia of religious power. So, in fact, the, the gap actually closes more quickly, such that for people uh, born as early as 1973, right, that's late 40s today, both men and women are equally likely to say that they, quote, never go to church. And women in their teens, 20s, and 30s are more likely than men to report never attending church. And that is a problem that could snowball for religion quickly because, like, yeah, outward indicators are no. Most of the guys at church are there because that, you know, they heard that that's where all the submissive single moms hang out. Uh, because, like, if we know anything about church, it's that the not trying to fuck you thing is a is a marketing ploy. So with fewer <laughs> women at, at the church, the, the fewer men are bound to follow. Yeah. And, and look, they are worried, right? Christianity Today thinks they've found the reason for the sudden reversal in religiosity among women. And I, 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 this section of the article almost seems like it could have been written by Lucinda. So, so here's a sample. Quote, some major voices influencing evangelical Christianity had specifically called out young men for their lack of responsibility and religious devotion. Mark Driscoll preached about biblical manhood. Owen Strachan said that manhood is doing hard things for God's glory and the good of others. And everyone's favorite, Jordan Peterson's rise to fame is, and, and again, this is Christianity Today saying this, but uh, 
based largely on his insistence on a gospel of masculinity. These voices and other efforts to keep young men in the fold could have affected male church involvement in recent years, but they may have been a factor in determining women's attendance to <laughs> end actual quote. All right, so on, on the downside, though, if they think that all they need to fix this problem is the lady version of Jordan Peterson, we're going to be looking for work before long, okay? <laughs> also, side note, Josh Hawley's upcoming book is entitled Manhood. That's just, so just good. Put, That's put so that. good. Uh, is it a picture book? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's look. a flip book of yeah. him running. That's the whole thing. <laughs> pull this tab and <laughs> so look I, I wouldn't presume to know if it's a backlash to biblical womanhood and cooking can be fun or you know but for whatever reason or reasons gen z women are ready to ditch religion so um maybe we could do something about making sure our movement is ready to welcome them all right there you go yeah that'd That's be great great idea and finally tonight in escape velocity news in a follow-up to the other story I did last week, Russia's going to build their own damn space station with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's flapjacks, Noah. I've been meaning to talk to you about that, but first the story. So, yeah, not even two weeks after I talked about on this show about how Russia was committing to a formal agreement that said American astronauts can ride shotgun when they go to the ISS, they followed up by announcing that they're going to stop going to the ISS altogether. And, huh. and while that move didn't come as a surprise, that doesn't make it any less of a dick move, right? Like, like the reason it doesn't come as a surprise is because Putin is a dick, and it's the thing that a dick would do. So <laughs> as damn near his first official act as the head of Russia's NASA, uh, Roscosmos, Yuri Borisov announced last week that Russia would be pulling out of the project in 2024, six years earlier than their prior commitment suggested. He added, quote, I think that by that time we will start forming a Russian orbiting station, end quote. <laughs> and cut to a montage of Dolph Lundgren orbiting the planet and punching a speed back each lap. <laughs> now, to be fair to Russia on this one, they've been hinting around about this for well over a year. In fact, when Borisov was still deputy prime minister last year, he warned that Russia might withdraw from the program in 2025. But heads up or no, the ISS costs something like $4 billion a year to maintain. And given that our government's been relying on Russian largesse and Elon Musk's, you should have thought about that before we left mobiles to get back and forth to it, <laughs> uh, the price is probably going to skyrocket both figuratively and literally once Russia pulls out. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Elon Musk still has that $4 billion a year covered, but I think he's busy not buying Twitter with that money. <laughs> <laughs> See how it goes. He's, a he's a maverick. He's yeah, a business that's, maverick. That's it it's counterintuitive, but that's what he's doing. So on the U.S. side, uh, they aren't detailing their plans on how to handle this situation, except to say that they plan to handle this situation. Uh, refreshingly competent head of NASA Bill Nelson insists the agency is committed to the safe operation of the ISS through 2030 and adds that NASA plans to, quote, build future capabilities to assure our major presence in low Earth orbit, end quote. Not adding, you filthy Cossack motherfuckers by the dint of superhuman <laughs> self-control that qualified him to be an astronaut in the first place. Of course, in Russia's defense, the International Space Station is a bit of a clunker. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm overawed at this thing, and there's still a lot of good science that it can do. But we're talking about a space station that is older than Heath's car. Okay. It is. Okay. It's, it's hard to pin an age on it since different modules were added over time. But the first module was put into orbit in 1998. Okay. It still has low miles. No, It goes it around the Earth 
five times a day, okay? So <laughs> the station has been continuously inhabited since 2000, <laughs> and historically, Russia's space program has been way better at cutting their losses than NASA. We kept the shuttle program, for example, in operation for decades after it had outlived its usefulness. And there's been talk for years that maybe the best thing to do with the ISS is to send it to its grave while we can still safely deorbit the thing. <laughs> Cut to a montage of Stallone helping Elon Musk carry a big log through the snow really badly. <laughs> All right. Do you remember uh, Stallone has a robot butler at the beginning yes! of rocky four sure yeah. does I, yep. I think it was repurposed from the set of riptide right like uh, uh, what i mean is <laughs> the 80s were interesting times and by interesting i mean cocaine yes <laughs> how about how about hey guys i had an idea how about now it's worth emphasizing that none of this is a done deal and a lot of people in the know are dismissing it as bluster yeah putin's really good at bluster and they've blustered exactly this bluster before when you really think about it it doesn't make any sense for russia to basically abandon its only real manned spaceflight program on the vague hopes of creating a new station in the future right that, that's not a thing that you can cook up in a couple years time so there'd definitely be a large gap where they'd be conceding space to the u.s europe canada and japan still not making any sense has never acted as a barrier or like an absolute barrier to Putin's actions before. So there's still a chance this sticks one way or the other. I feel like the right idea is to use this as an excuse to get out from under this thing once and for all decommission it and deorbit the motherfucker right onto Vladdy's summer home and then be like, Oh shit. Oh, if only we'd been able to use the boosters on the Russian side of that station. <laughs> like, what are you going to, what are you going to do though? What are you going to do? And on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Andrew Torres. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like all the generous new donors, you will be complimented about your genitals or something else next time around. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. And we just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slonick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign off. So I get a call from from my bank, or I get a text from my bank the other day, going like, "Hey, you didn't just happen to make a uh, like five hundred ninety six dollar and ten cent purchases in a row from Walmart.com, did you?" I'm like, "Sure didn't, sure the fuck uh. didn't." So I'm on the phone with them for like two hours trying to figure out what the hell happened, and I've got like seven or eight uh, bogus charges on my card, and ultimately they refunded all the money and everything and it, and it all worked out fine for me and for, for whoever stole out uh, my credit card information because they got at least $600 worth of shit before we found them. Anyway, they they said, okay, well, we'll, we'll cancel your card and, and we'll put a, send a new one out to you right away and your old pin will still work on it. So on Saturday, I go to my niece's 
birthday party, which is my wife says, hey, you want to go to the your niece's birthday party on Saturday? Will you have time? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll have time. She's like, it's the, at the bowling alley. I'm like, that's great. And then she says, like, the bowling alley two hours away from here. I'm like, fucking what? But I had already agreed. <laughs> it's a destination bowling alley? Yeah, right. Well, there's not much around here. So, if yeah, if you want a bowling alley with mini golf and an arcade and shit, you got to drive to Jacksonville. Okay, so. and you do. You do want that. For a little kid's birthday party, yeah. Um, so I drive two fucking hours to South Jacksonville to do this thing. Uh, and my wife and, and I, and I tell her, I'm like, you know, I've got a lot of fucking work on Saturday, right? We've got the bonus scam episode that I still got out of yada, yada, yada. I was like, so I can go, but I need to really like just jet the fuck out. Like it's noon to two. I need to be leaving at two. Right. So we get there and it's like obvious that my wife is not going to want to leave at two. I'm like, hey, you know, your sister's here. She's coming back to the same town. Can she drop you off and I can just leave? And she's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, you you, you leave and, and uh, I'll catch a ride with my sister and everything will be fine. But then I leave and I get about an hour away and I realize I need gas. And my credit card's been canceled. And I don't, and I don't have cash because it's 2022. Right, right. Right. But I'm also in South Georgia. So like. I can't pay with my phone anywhere or anything. Like, so I guess I've got PayPal and Venmo and all that shit on my phone, but you can't do that here. You know, not where I'm at, not in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I don't have the gas to get home. I don't have a goddamn dollar. I, like, and it's a brand new car. I just bought the car, shit. so I don't even have like the six dollars in change that's normally accumulated in your car by then, right? You know. <laughs> yeah, if they got the hand pump for the gas, they're not going to have GPay. Also. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I stop at this gas station. And I start doing math, and I'm like. Because my car tells me exactly, you know, it's like, okay, you've got 37 miles of gas in your car. And I'm like, it's more than that by a lot. So I start trying to think this through. So I go into the, finally, I go into the store and I says to the guy, I'm like, hey, man, here's my situation, blah, blah, blah. I have money, but, and so right away, he's like, dude, <laughs> fuck you. Just Shop fuck owners you. love hearing that. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't they, though? <laughs> And I'm like, and it's Saturday afternoon, so it's the guy who owns the fucking place that I'm talking to. And I'm like, so if I maybe if if I Venmo you twenty dollars, can I get ten dollars worth of gas? And he's like, fucking what, man? I'm like, it's Ven, it's on your phone. Do you have a phone? And he's like, yeah, I don't have a public phone. I'm like, no, that's not what I mean. God damn it. So. Ultimately, there's a guy there, and he's playing one of those not a gambling machine wink winks that they have at these gas stations. And he follows me out, and he's like, I'll do that. What were you talking about? Venmo? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll Venmo you $20. You give me $10. You come out $10 ahead, and I can get enough gas to get the fuck home. And he goes, yeah, I'll do that. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I pull out my phone, and he's like, what I got to download? Okay. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Because I'm... I'm already bad at this kind of shit. So I'm telling him, trying to tell him. And then he started, like a like a light bulb kicks in, and he's like, I could be getting scammed right now. So he calls his nephew. I think it's his nephew. I don't know. But he, call, <laughs> but he calls the young person he knows, and he's like, actually, you know what? I'm going to have my, yeah, I'm gonna have somebody else walk me through this because he realizes that I could be ripping him off somehow and sending him to some weird fucking website and taking his money. So I watch him get talked through how to install Venmo and connect it to his bank account and shit by his nephew, who is obviously not into this. Right, would much rather be doing something else, so that I can finally Venmo him twenty dollars. And you think he's going to get cut of the ten bucks in profit? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm sure he is. Yeah, he's like, all right, I'll give you ten percent. No, and and then all right, open up my Dogecoin wallet. Got it. <laughs> 
But yeah, so then I get, but I give him the, I, I, I Venmo him the $20. And he's like, well, how do I know I got it? And I'm like, well, it says it right there. <laughs> like we're both looking at the thing that said your confirmed $20 paper. He's like, but I don't know how to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, can you, can you call that dude back you were just talking to? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I was like, because you got to give me, I can cancel it at this point, but you kind of got to give me the $10 now. All right. Well, download Google Maps. <laughs> we'll find it for you. Oh, shit. But yeah, yeah, no, but I, but the, the, the idea of just standing there around this greasy ass 57 year old redneck trying to explain Venmo to him so that I could get $10 worth of hand pump gas to get home reminds me why I've got to fucking move. <laughs> Seriously, a blowjob would have been easier. Like, you could have gotten through this <laughs> yeah. transaction way faster blowing somebody. <laughs> Is ten bucks the going rate these days? Yeah, so right. I don't, yeah. I don't know what a gas station I didn't BJ need a goes damn for. Gas tank filled up. Okay, <laughs> it's expensive now. Thanks, Biden. Yeah, right. thirty-eight dollars or something. I did that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Pointing to me blowing some too. Right. I did that. <laughs> the preceding podcast is a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright twenty twenty two. All rights reserved.